I am Camille Johnson, and this is Finding the Floor. Stories and reflections of midlife motherhood, family, and finding meaning in it all. Join me as I share a little piece of my life and figure out what I want to be when I grow up. Hey everyone, welcome to Finding the Floor. This is episode 113 and we are going to talk about some of the 13 behaviors that are talked in in The Speed of Trust by Stephen M. R. Covey, Stephen Covey's son from Seven Habits. I know it's confusing, but so... I was going to try to cover all 13 because I thought, hey, we're at episode 113 and I'm talking about 13 behaviors. But then I just thought it was just going to be too much to process. So we're going to do half of the 13 behaviors today. Well, seven of them. And I'm going to challenge you to just pick one behavior that you think you might need to work on. Because that's what... Stephen Covey did in this like conference lecture thing that I listened to just to pick one thing that you think that maybe would help you just to work on. And it's been interesting just as I've been learning about this and I've been trying out a few of these things and like what's happened. I've just kind of come to some realizations and it's actually really good as you think about trust and these different behaviors. So, okay, first, how was everyone's Halloween? We had such a nice evening, like weather-wise. We had the threat of rain, like it said it was going to rain at five, and our city can trick-or-trade between six and eight, but it didn't rain, and it was like in the low 60s. You didn't have to wear your coat. Oh, it was kind of awesome. So very memorable weather-wise and then just fun costumes. My one daughter who ended up being Mirabelle, like we just ended up adding all these little things on her skirt that we found at the thrift store, which came together so fun. And then she ended up carving uh, like the candle from Encanto, like on our pumpkins. So It was fun. And then my other daughter had a group of friends. They all dressed up as steampunk genre. And they it was really cute. They all were so into it. So yeah, and it was super fun. And then my one son chose to be a banana. He wanted a banana costume this past summer and wanted to pay for it himself. And I said, okay, well, then this is your Halloween costume. We're all done. So that one was super easy. Then Nate and I, we were matching Millie at her request, and we were Felix and Peppa. And those are from Encanto, the couple that wears yellow, and she kind of causes the hurricane at her wedding. She's like, you know, the weather, she affects the weather by her moods. So we thought it'd be cute, like the way I dressed up, you know, I just had like yellow dress and then I was like, oh, I saw this one 
image on Pinterest where someone had like a little cloud attached to her headband. But then Nate had the idea of having balloons as a cloud, which was cute. And then we had like raindrops. But it was kind of funny because a lot of people thought I was some character from It. I don't even watch It because I hate scary movies. So that was kind of funny. (laughs) But I liked my balloons and my cloud. (laughs) Okay. All right. So I hope you guys had a fun Halloween if you like Halloween. I think I'll still like Halloween even when my kids are all gone. Not all gone, but like all grown up. Oh, I'm I'm glad that they're still enjoying to dressing up. Okay, so 13 behaviors is what Stephen Covey talks about. Remember, this is like seven habits, Stephen Covey's son. I know it's so confusing. I wish I had like a better way to distinguish them. Son, Stephen Covey. <laughs> But um, what he kind of points out is five of the behaviors are based on character. Five of the behaviors are based on competence or capabilities. And then there's three others that kind of are a combination. So today we're going to cover mostly the character ones, with, but two of the like competence ones. So remember how we talked about trust, including integrity and competence. You have to have both. And then as he talks about each behavior, he describes a bell curve and there's a sweet spot of the behavior. And then there's almost like too little and too much. And so I'm going to mention that too with the behaviors. I think I wrote all those things down. So we're just going to get right to it. The first behavior is straight talk, which he calls is honesty in action. And each time he also mentions the principles that each of these behaviors are based on. So with straight talk, he says it's based on the principles of integrity, honesty, and straightforwardness. And he says it means two things, to tell the truth and then to leave the right impression. So the other thing I like about this is each time he also talks about the opposite and then a counterfeit. So I'm going to mention that too in each behavior. So the opposite is obviously lying or deceiving. And then he says the counterfeit behavior, which I think a lot of us kind of deal in, is to beat around the bush, withholding information, double talk, flattery, positioning, posturing. And what he says, the granddaddy of them all spinning communications in order to manipulate the thoughts, feelings, or actions of others. He says another counterfeit is also to technically tell the truth, but to leave, but leaving a different impression. Does that make sense? You're technically telling the truth, but they're like thinking something else. Okay. So he gives the example of like the emperor's clothes when everybody is like, you'll, they're just magic and you have these clothes and everyone's trying to believe what's happening. And finally, a little kid is like, the emperor doesn't have any clothes on. Why doesn't he have any clothes on? And I think sometimes it, it really is nice to have kids to just help you straight talk. 
and make sure you're just being clear on what you're saying. So he says, on the straight talk bell curve, so if you have little too little, not enough straight talk, he says that might typically be caused by integrity issues, a lack of courage, intent issues, a self-focused agenda, so you care more about avoiding discomfort than acting in someone's best someone's best interest. And you guys, I think that is really a key thing that sometimes we don't straight talk because we are worried about the discomfort of someone's feelings, but we want instead of like what is in their best interest. So sometimes there are times where it's uncomfortable where you have to tell somebody. It's almost like when someone has something in their teeth or like their shirt's a little too see-through and you just need to tell them or, you know, just something is happening and you are, are kind enough to just like you think of their best interest instead of just the discomfort. Okay, so I think that's a big thing. Anyway, and then capability issues. So you have a lack of verbal or interpersonal skills. Or he says it's a results issue, a failure to focus on outcomes that build trust. Okay, so that's when you're too little of straight talk. And then obviously when you have too much, that's when you're just overbearing and rude and like you're not even considering people's feelings. So you have to kind of be right in the middle, like being honest and straightforward, but having that maturity, the courage, but also the respect like for other people's. He also mentioned that sometimes it's helpful to involve people as you're trying to improve your straight talk. And he says, tell them I'm really trying to improve my ability to straight talk in my communications with others would you be willing to help me by giving me feedback to let me know how I'm doing in my relationship with you? That's what he suggests you could say to somebody. Like, how can I be more straightforward, but also in a kind way? Because sometimes there are people who are really straightforward and they come across rude, but then there are other people that are straightforward and you're like so grateful for like, it's like refreshing, you know, you're like, oh, thank you for saying that. That totally need to be said. What was interesting is I kind of tried that with a family member this week and it actually really opened up a good place to have a conversation. So after each behavior, he kind of has a summary of the behavior. So, and I'm going to read each of those two. It says the summary of straight talk, be honest, tell the truth, let people know where you stand, use simple language, call things what they are, demonstrate integrity don't manipulate people or distort facts and don't spin the truth and don't leave false impressions. Okay, behavior number two, demonstrate respect. That's kind of like adding a little bit with straight talk. If you have behavior number two down, you probably can, as you work on your straight talk, be pretty good with that. Okay, he says, there are two critical dimensions to this behavior. First, to behave in a way that shows fundamental respect for people. And second, to behave in a way that demonstrates caring and concern. And this behavior is based on the principles of respect, kindness, love, and civility. 
But he says what the overarching principle is the intrinsic worth of individuals, the importance of each human being as part of the human family. So he basically says the golden rule in action. He lists like, I think, seven different religions and all of them have some sort of saying that is basically like do unto others as you would have done unto you, that type of thing, the golden rule. So he says the opposite is to not respect other people and then the counterfeit is to fake respect or concern or he says more insidious, which I think we see with people a lot is when you are respectful to some people depending on their status and disrespectful to others. He said you can always tell if people demonstrate respect or they're, you know, really good at this behavior is how they treat their waiter or how they treat anyone that maybe is quote unquote lower job status wise, but they're very respectful. He mentioned a story that someone shared about this university president who had this big banquet coming up and there were just a lot of things that happening that same weekend with graduation and everything. And as they were decorating the tables, another department had sent in a bunch of flowers for the tables, but their um, housekeeper had already put together some centerpieces. And this university president decided he wanted he would rather honor his housekeeper because he respected her so much and her willingness to do this. So he made sure to send back the flowers and use the ones that his housekeeper had helped. I just thought that was kind of cool. I think one thing too I remembered in Seven Habits, and he mentioned the same story, is that there was a test given, I don't know if it was medical school or business school, one of those. And at the end of the test, the teacher mentioned, give, a, give me the name of the janitor in this building or something like that you know, the cleaner who cleans at night or something. And the students were like, is this really part of our test? And they're like, yes, you need to really know and respect all the people that are helping your business, which includes the people who help clean things up. And I just really like that. So he says with the bell curve behavior, so on the left, like too little of respect for others, he says derives from issues of integrity. So insufficient humility intent, too much ego or not caring enough, or capabilities, not knowing how to demonstrate caring or respect. So, and then on the opposite side, excessive behaviors on the right include overprotectiveness, pandering, and unproductive worry. Those issues kind of come from maybe a more focus on self than acting in a way that is in someone's best interest or your like attitude and style, or taking too much responsibility and not being sensitive to the effects of the behavior. He says, don't let there be a gap between how you feel and what you do. Avoid the common tendency to put more energy into new relationships and assume that existing relationships know you care. There is probably a greater need to demonstrate a concern in existing relationships than in new relationships. So just genuinely like show uh, respect and concern and care about others. He, you know, says, write thank you notes or, you know, call people, like making sure that you're showing that you care. 
Okay, the summary for this behavior says genuinely care for others. Show you care. Respect the dignity of every person in every role. Treat everyone with respect, especially those who can't do anything for you. Show kindness in the little things. Don't fake caring. Don't attempt to be efficient with people. So one thing about show kindness in the little things, it's interesting. I realized today there was a little thing that I didn't do with a family member that I realized was ended up really being kind of a big thing. And I didn't realize it. And I was kind of using the straight talk to get an understanding from this family member. And I really had to apologize. I And it was something so simple I could have done and I didn't do it. And I really felt awful. And I did my best to apologize and try to do better. And I'm going to try to be better. But I just think sometimes when you just acknowledge and sh- do little things to show that you care for people, it really does make such a big difference. Okay, so behavior number three is create transparency. It is based on the principle of honesty, openness, integrity, and vulnerability. And he also includes a principle of light, like being able to see things very clearly. And he says the opposite is to hide and the counterfeit is illusion. So one thing I really liked is I, you know, I a lot of his ideas or, or I mean his examples are from businesses, but he does regularly have examples like from his family life or from someone else's family life. And so I kind of like grab hold to those things. And so one thing he said was in a family, for example, being transparent with children about finances and inviting their participation in spending decisions not only helps them understand why you have to say no, It also helps them become more sensitive to the appropriateness of asking for certain things in the first place. And then he goes on to say, an added bonus, transparency gives children an understanding of family economy and helps them become more responsible in their own spending decisions as they mature. Okay, if you think about the bell curve, you have too little information which isn't good. And he says, failure to create transparency usually indicates a lack of honesty or courage, which is your integrity or a hidden rather than open agenda with your intent or a lack of trust ability to discern the importance of transparency and how to create it. So that's the capability thing. But then on the other side, you could have like, be careful and you need to be responsible with your transparency. So he gave the example of this company decided to be very transparent with everybody's salaries and they just put it all out there. It backfired in a certain way. And so it's almost like when you share too much with somebody and they're just like not ready to hear it. So there's this good balance. So not like too much information, but just enough information to help people know what's going on and being transparent. So being just open about what's going on. So I, yeah, I was thinking, I remember doing that when I was growing up that my parents had this list of the budget and how everything worked. And, and it really was helpful to understand like, uh, what are our expenses and, you know, what are things that are appropriate to ask for? And so 
anyway, yeah, that was really helpful. Okay. One thing, a question he, he, and he gives like three tips, kind of things you can do. One question he mentions is how transparent are you with your spouse with financial issues? Like, do both of you know what's going on? And my husband and I used to sit down and do our monthly, we would like write our checks. Remember the day where you had to write checks and like mail them in? So we'd sit down together and just write them. And now there's just so much that's automated. We don't do that as much, but um, I'm always like, and he's the same. We both kind of just check in and talk about things that we're spending or not spending or is... And not to be like, is it okay if I spend money? Like I'm asking permission, but hey, I'm I'm just helping you be aware. I'm going to go ahead and get this. Or what do you think about this? Do you think that will work in our budget this month? And all those things. Okay, so summary for being transparent is to tell the truth in a way that people can verify. Declare your intent. Get real and be genuine. Be open and authentic. Err on the side of disclosure. Be transparent about not being able to be transparent. So there you go. When feel like you can't give some information, you can say that. Like, I'd like, I'm not allowed to give you this information. And then operate on the premise of what you see is what you get. Don't have hidden agendas and don't hide information. Okay. Behavior number four, right wrongs is based on the principle of humility, integrity, and restitution. Its opposite is to deny or justify wrongs, to rationalize behavior, or to fail to admit mistakes until you are forced to do so. Yikes. It also involves pride and ego. It's being humbled by circumstance instead of by conscience. He says the counterfeit of right wrongs is to cover up. So you know you've done something wrong, but you don't want to admit it. It's trying to hide a mistake as opposed to repairing it. And what he says is most of the time with cover-ups, you have like a double tax. Like first you have the wrong that was made, and then it's actually even worse that you tried to cover up that you knew it was wrong. So it's like double or quadruple tax. Like that would be almost think of that as like a major withdrawal, right? The cover-up. So he says, apologize and correct mistakes quickly. And then he also says is you need to also be forgiving so that people will be willing to admit mistakes to you easily. Like if you're willing to forgive, then that is really, someone might be more willing to apologize and make restitution to you. This reminds me of like, I was just talking about that situation where there was just some little thing that I didn't do and it made a big difference and I had to apologize. And it's interesting how I think about, you know, I ended up then having a conversation with this family member to like begin, I guess, to right the wrong, if that makes sense. Sometimes it's hard and humiliating and humbling, but I think it's really important. One thing he points out is next time you make a mistake, pay attention to your response. Look to the past. Are there wrongs that need to be righted? And then quickly forgive. Okay, so the summary for behavior number four is of right wrongs is make things right when you're wrong. 
Apologize quickly. Make restitution where possible. Practice service recoveries. Demonstrate humility. Don't cover things up. Don't let pride get in the way of doing the right thing. Okay. Behavior number five, show loyalty. This is based on the principle of integrity, loyalty, gratitude, and recognition. So part of showing loyalty says, especially in business, but I think generally with things when you're working with a bunch of individuals is to like give credit to others when things go well and take responsibility when they don't. I had mentioned a couple weeks ago that I had helped be involved with this women's conference for our stake in our church and it went so well. And I was going through all these thank you notes to send out to all these women and was so grateful for all of their contributions. And some of them might have felt that it was like kind of small and they came to a meeting and said a few things. But I remember one particular comment made by a sister really helped us kind of rethink how we want to make sure to focus our topic, which was about the temple. And her comment was that she's like, well, I just don't want to come and feel guilty about not going to the temple. And so we tried to make sure that our intent was just to help educate and enrich their experience of whenever they made it to the temple and help their knowledge grow. And that I think really helped just that idea that someone was thinking about, well, I was a little worried about this topic because it's hard to get to the temple right now, especially because the closest temple for us is in Columbus, which is two and a half hours away. And that's being um, renovated. And then the next closest one is in Detroit. And that's a little over three hours away. And especially when you have small kids or, I mean, just a three-hour day, it's like a whole day to go. So anyway, there was just some helpful comments by a lot of people. And sometimes you feel like those don't make a difference, but I, I really think that they do. And I just was recognizing everybody's, the talks that we had, people who got our musical number, just all the things came together to really have a great conference. So the opposite is obviously to take credit for everything that someone else had done. So that's what I could have done. I said, oh, it was all me, which totally wasn't. And then the counterfeit is being two-faced. To appear to give credit to someone when they're with you, but then downplay their contribution and take all the credit when they are not there. He said, another part of this is to also acknowledge people for who they are which I thought was kind of a cool thing. But then he mentions this, and this is one thing that um, is in the seven habits under the emotional bank account was to show loyalty and not talk about people when they're not there. And it was a really interesting comment that he had, like someone like especially at work or also someone like sometimes when you're talking about your kids, like as, you know, husband and wife, you're going to talk about your kids and ways to help them. So a lot of times you're going to talk about them in a productive way, right? You're going to, what would be helpful to this person? And that's how you're talking about it instead of just like gossiping about them. The other thing was like when you're talking about someone that you're just being very respectful of them so that if they were present, you would not be embarrassed that they heard what you said. 
And oh, sometimes I think that's so hard, especially it's easy to just like get together and talk about something at work or school that you don't really like or someone in church or just it's really, really easy to do that. And I always admire someone who's willing to just not participate. I try to do my best not to participate. And but I think it's one of those things that it's just so easy to just do. And the other thing I notice it's easier to do is talk about your kids. Because when they're little, it doesn't really matter as much. But like your kids can get offended if you're talking about them with your friends. That you've kind of talked about them through your whole life. And finding that balance that, yeah, you need to still show respect. And I remember just a couple weeks ago kind of feeling like, you know, I was just talking about my family or, you know, just talking. And I remember sharing something about one of my kids and afterwards being like, oh, that probably was like a little, like not really being loyal to that conversation. So it's really interesting, I think, especially as your kids get older, as you talk to your friends about them, it's that you're showing respect. And as well as with your family members, like within larger extended families, I think that can get really easy to kind of gossip about other family members. So just being willing to, like what he says is, speak like someone is present. And he says the counterfeit to that is sweet talking people to their faces and then bad mouthing them behind their backs. So he says the other key to this is to go directly to someone when you have a concern rather than to talk about that concern you have with somebody else. And that takes courage. Okay, so keep in mind that often loyalty to principle is the best way to demonstrate loyalty to people. He says, make it a rule never to talk about family members in negative ways. Be thoughtful about how you talk about your partner, about family members, including children, kind of what I was mentioning, and catch your children doing right and share your excitement about their good deeds with others. Okay, the summary for behavior number five to show loyalty is give credit to others, speak about people as if they were present, represent others who aren't there to speak for themselves, don't badmouth others behind their backs. When you must talk about others, check your intent, don't disclose others' private information. Okay, you guys, I know I said I was going to do like seven today, but I've just made a decision because of the timing of how long this is so far. So I'm going to do the first five today, and those are all the ones based on character. So then next week, I'll do the second five or six through 10, and those are all about competence. So for today, I want you to think about those five behaviors that I've mentioned so far. Like what's one of them that you feel like you could work on to help build trust. So behavior one is straight talk. Behavior two is demonstrate respect. Behavior three is create transparency. Behavior four is right wrongs. And behavior five is show loyalty. I know I have one in mind for myself. And I've tried out a couple this week. And I have to just like share how it really does help. So even just working on one of these behaviors and see where you are 
on the bell curve and maybe what part of the character, what part of your like integrity or intent or capabilities and results kind of go into all of that behavior. Okay. All right, you guys. Thank you guys so much for listening. Again, this was from Speed of Trust by Stephen M. R. Covey. And we covered the first five behaviors of the 13 that he includes. Okay. Talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. Bye. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you have any questions, come by findingthefloor.com where I will have show notes and links for anything I've mentioned today. Special thanks to Seth Johnson for creating and performing the theme music. Come back next week and thanks for listening. 